0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm really excited that you're here. Today's a special day. It's my 100th episode. It is so exciting. Every week on the show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. If this is your first time, I want to say welcome. If we were in person, I would hug you, but since you're just listening to me, you have to believe me when I say that. I'm really glad that you're here. Okay, guys, before we get to our show today, I want to thank one of the sponsors of today's happy hour, and that is the International Justice Mission, and I love these guys, and I love everything that they do. Sometimes we can think that slavery was abolished years ago, and it's only in the history books, but guys, I want you to know that there are more slaves now than at any other time in human history. In fact, about 45 million men, women, girls, and boys are daily being bought. Sold, trafficked, and used against their will. Just let that sit for a minute. That's a big number, and that's happening. But you know what, guys? There's hope. There's hope because of a group of people who are working day and night, relentlessly searching for each one of these lives, every single one of them. And when they free one life, they search for the next, and the next, and the next. And that makes them the largest international anti slavery organization in the world, International Justice Mission. And you know what? It might seem too big for them to handle alone. And you're right. And there's a plan that you guys can start and help them with. It's called Freedom Sunday. The idea is super simple. On September 25th, your church will dedicate its service to freedom. One service to awaken God's people and answer his call to see slavery end for good. It starts with you guys. The movement to see slavery end in our lifetime starts with us. Would you commit to asking your pastor to host a Freedom Sunday? IJM's is going to give you everything that you need from talking points to videos to um, question and answers. And someone from IJM will personally walk you through the process. It's super easy. Go to IJM.org slash happy hour and click on host of freedom Sunday. Like I said, today is the hundredth episode of the happy hour, which to be quite honest, there are more than a hundred episodes because of our happy half hour, but you know what? We're just counting the Wednesday original show. Today's the hundredth episode. And I can't even believe that this day has come. I literally wrote this day on my calendar at the beginning of the year, and it seemed like forever away. And now it is here. Today's show is super fun because I brought my husband, Aaron, back on the show, and he actually interviews me. So I was in the hot seat. And let me tell you, there are a couple times during this interview that I actually say out loud, I don't like this. This is uncomfortable. But we took the questions that you sent us, and we had so much fun answering them. Aaron also had some surprises for me up his sleeve, which I knew nothing about. And you're going to enjoy hearing that as well. If this is your first time, just remember that normally I have another woman joining me and that today's just a special show. If you've been listening for a while, I would really appreciate it if you would head on over to iTunes and leave the show a rating or a view. It seems kind of weird and shallow to ask you for that favor, but it helps out the show a lot. And guys, we want more people to hear the show each week. It's super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes and just go there, leave a rating, a review, unless you hate the show. If you hate the show, then you can just keep that rating and review to yourself. And I'll send you a list of other shows that I love that you might like. i um, just kidding. I hope you love the show. Um, while you're there, if you don't subscribe to the show, I would love it if you did. It's super easy. I subscribe to so many podcasts and it makes my life so much easier because when I get in the car, I just put it on my phone and there it is. The next episode is always there waiting for me. All right, guys, here is the 100th episode, Uh, just a small warning that we talk about sex and race issues, and if you have little ears in the car with you or in the kitchen or wherever you are, you might want to listen another time or just put some headphones in. Other than that, you're going to hear us laugh a lot, I might even shed a few tears, and we'll dive into lots of fun conversation. Friends, thank you for listening, thank you for letting me get to the 100th episode with you, and here is my conversation with my husband,
1: Aaron Ivey. Aaron, it's the hundredth episode. The hundredth episode of your podcast. This happy, is super happy awesome. Happy
0: hundred. What I wanted to originally do a long time ago, when I knew hundred was coming, was I wanted a big cake like they do on like Friends hundredth episode. Uh-huh. But I didn't think people listening would it would translate very well. What's well,
1: okay because I got you one.
0: You did it. I did,
1: and inside is a <laughs> pony.
0: Oh uh, no, but for real, hundredth episode, and this is a special episode because we're actually in a hotel room mm-hmm. in Colorado, and we have a couple friends here.
1: So, guys, welcome to the 100th episode of. That
0: That sounds like we have a live audience, but it's really just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of our friends. Yeah, tell
1: tell them who they are.
0: Yeah, we have. uh, Should I say their names? I mean, it's a lot okay
1: well, um, let's all go around everybody starts. amelia's about yourself, here sally from, julie jen
0: leslie amanda olivia and sarah i had a small moment right here of what if i a forget panic? someone's name yeah. in the middle of this
1: <laughs> <laughs> like
0: you know when someone's like hey introduce the 20 people you brought and you're like
1: "I oh, okay I, yeah. yeah no so
0: it's 100th episode and we're in um a hotel room
1: yep And it's, I'm actually glad that they're here because we were going to do this whole episode in our bathrobes. So (laughs) that would have been super weird. And the other reason I'm glad they're here is because I downloaded this app called Soundboard that I was going to use for things like if I said something really awesome, um, that I could hit this button and be like,
0: (laughs) but now we don't need the sound app because we have our real live friends here. Totally. Ah, okay. So the hundredth episode is a little bit different, which can we just have a moment?
1: 100 100 is a hundred episodes. A hundred of content.
0: And when I started the Happy Hour in May of 2014, do you can be honest, and it will not hurt my feelings one bit. Did you think that I would get to 100 episodes? Yeah, totally. Oh, you did not. Yes, no, be I, honest, you no, did not. There's did. no way. 100. percent There's no way. I don't know if I've ever, ever. I don't know if I've ever told everybody that one of my first podcast suggestions for a show was that my friend Amanda, who's here. Um, I, we got together and we decided that one of the best shows that we could possibly create was we were going to do a recap of The Bachelor
1: mm-hmm. that would come oh, out every now. Tuesday. We yes. were going to
0: watch the show. We were going to do it. And I came to you with the idea and you actually told me that I couldn't I do said, it. No, I didn't say you can't.
1: <laughs> you, I, just, I, I said that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my entire life.
0: So what Amanda and I did is we actually did it. Who's What season was it? Um, Andy. Andy. So we, are you sure yeah. it was a girl? Okay. So we did, we would watch it and then we would record it at night and then Amanda posted them on her blog. So we have these podcast archives uh-huh. of the bachelor. Amazing. So that didn't work. And so the happy hour came about.
1: I'm surprised it didn't work. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but I knew this one was going to work.
0: Yeah. So hundred episodes a couple weeks ago, I decided that I would let listeners
1: mm-hmm.
0: ask me questions because I normally ask all the questions. Right. And so last time when you and I did a show together, listeners asked us questions and we answered them. And we answered them together yep. and had a great time and it was super fun. Um, but this time they brought questions in for me. Right. So do you And have, now I get to be And now you're going to interview the
1: interviewer. Mm-hmm. So I feel all this pressure because um, you're such an amazing interviewer.
0: Oh, you good. And I want
1: to, you know, keep the quality of the show at the level that it is. Well, if you
0: do a bad job, I so just I have re- done I'll re record it. I won't have you on. If it, if it fails. <laughs>
1: no. I don't, I don't think you even wanted to have me on. I think that you're just like answering to what the masses want.
0: Oh, the masses. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, originally when I recorded episode number 50, which was a huge deal, yeah. Jen Hatmaker resigned. Yep,
1: yeah, and you told her she's practically that she could be your 100th. Hundredth-
0: I promised her I'd bring her back every 50. I'm sure her feeling I'm sure she's crying that she's not on yeah, the show, but, right. um, I brought you instead because,
1: well, I feel honored. Yeah. And I want you to know that I'm not taking this lightly and I have a few surprises up my sleeve that you don't even know about.
0: Oh, that's great. It's not we, a cake. Uh,
1: it's better though. Okay. Okay. So we're going to get to that.
0: A, a surprise right now.
1: Uh, do you want me to give you your first surprise?
0: Sure. I'm, I can handle this. Okay.
1: So in a normal episode. You have, um, you know, the segment where you're like, what are three things you're loving right now? Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. So I thought what would be cool for this one is if throughout the whole episode, we have 100 things that we're loving about oh. Jamie
0: <laughs> 100 things. Yes. You did not write down 100 things. I
1: have 100 things. We're not, gonna, not true. Yeah, I promise. We're not going to read them all.
0: Wait, this is going to be like, remember when I was doing laundry, which is like, you know, every once in a while I do, and I was putting your underwear in your drawer, and I found this notebook, and I was like huh what is this notebook so i, I, I opened it up that. that's and it was, the
1: worst best christmas gift i never well, gave it you said
0: merry christmas 2015 yeah. here's 2015 things i love about hey, you
1: but i couldn't get past like 187 it got I you.
0: <laughs> yeah and you never gave it to no, me no
1: so it was all these blank pages yes
0: but i found it and read them and i was like these are the best 187 things anyone's ever yeah. said to me
1: so that idea was planted back in whatever now it's uh it's coming out, so perfect. this is a hundred things that we are loving about jamie Ivy and so basically, what I did is i uh hacked into your cell phone over the last week, and are I you contacted lying? I swear that you don't lie when you 're doing a podcast. Everything on the internet and in podcasts you can trust is truth like this. <laughs> so I hacked into your phone and I contacted almost all of your previous guests that you've had on. The happy hour for the last hundred episodes. And I asked them, hey, what's one thing that you're loving about Jamie Ivey?
0: Okay, if you're listening, let me just tell you there's a lot of things in podcast world that we can say as a surprise, but they're not really a surprise. This is legitimate. This is is a legitimate surprise. Right? Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Y'all know about
0: this? Yep.
1: Yep. Everybody (laughs) knows. Okay. (laughs) So we'll start with one. This is the
0: most uncomfortable thing that's ever happened (laughs) in my entire life.
1: (laughs) This is one of a, a few surprises. Uh, the other one is that I ordered pizza <laughs> and it'll <laughs> and be here in, be here 30 here in exactly 30 <laughs> minutes. So we're going to have to either like pause and eat the pizza or just eat it while we're doing this. That's the, gross. Maybe. Cause
0: people's pet peeves are mouth noises.
1: Pet <laughs> peeves is actually one of the questions that uh, when yeah. your people, your people ask, know, yeah. which is a, a great, um, thing to ask, but we're not going to go there first. So I'm just going to do some of these hundred things and we're going to do all hundred. We're going to do maybe 20.
0: Okay. 25. Okay?
1: okay. Here's the first one. Rachel Hollis said, one thing I love about Jamie is she doesn't take herself too seriously.
0: Okay, good. She's yeah. the
1: first one to share a hard truth or an embarrassing story to give another woman some solidarity.
0: That's so nice. Isn't that it's because I shared embarrassing stories in the van in Ethiopia with her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Rachel.
1: Isn't that great? All right, here's number three. Uh, this is also from Rachel Hollis. One thing I'm loving about Jamie right now is her dimples. Uh, Isn't that weird? <laughs> I sound like I have a crush on a boy in high school with that statement, but it's true. Her dimples are so cute.
0: Aw. Uh, Thanks. It's true, right? It's funny. When I was at IF a couple years ago, someone came up to me and they're like, hey, you have the podcast Happy Hour? And I was like, yeah. You know, like, thanks for listening. She's like, you look way different than I thought. I didn't know if that was like a compliment or not, but because people can't see my dimples.
1: I'm sure it was a, a huge compliment, which actually brings me to the first question that we want to dive into. Okay. Okay. And all these questions are from listeners, from listeners, from Instagram and uh, from Twitter and from Facebook and where else? wherever that's, else that's people it. ask questions yeah. um to complete strangers online okay so here's the first one how do you stay in shape and look so great all the time
0: i just spit out my drink
1: because <laughs> <laughs> keep in mind it is right now it's ten thirty-seven, and we ordered pizza we were, yeah, that is your first clue so. <laughs> <laughs> okay no, but for real you do look amazing oh uh, how do you do it uh, What's your secret?
0: Well, I don't have a secret. I I I look better naked than I do with. I mean, I look better with clothes. What
1: I meant to say was,
0: is. people. I look better with clothes on. Um, do you have an opinion on
1: that? <laughs> I'm just the interviewer. Just I got just got ask questions.
0: What I mean is, I don't work out very, as much as I need to, or as much as I used to. I used to be a runner. And I'm proud of that. But I don't run anymore. So basically, I don't do anything to stay in shape. That's an awful answer.
1: Well, how do you look so good?
0: I I just start... I buy a lot... A lot of my clothes are just stretchy. <laughs> 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 I buy big shirts and right.
1: yeah. So when people look at you, I think they assume like you eat super healthy, Right. So, is there anything that you eat that is, like, just disgusting and disturbing? This isn't a loaded question. I'm just wondering if you have anything that's just, like, the grossest eating habit that In the past couple of
0: years, I've started really loving mayonnaise. Ugh. Like, I like mayonnaise that, like,
1: I like to dip chips in mayonnaise. You dip anything and everything in mayonnaise. One time, remember the time I, I like, came downstairs and found you in the kitchen <laughs> with a jar of mayonnaise and then just, like, things. There was, like, chips. There was, like...
0: Pickles,
1: pickles, cucumbers, carrots,
0: carrots. <laughs> a
1: slice of pizza, cool. mayonnaise.
0: I that's... just really like the way mayonnaise tastes. And so I don't do that often. And I just joined a gym. So I'm going to start working out next Monday.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> 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 next Monday. And
0: on Monday, we're going to start eating healthy again. So that's how it works. Yeah. Thanks for asking whoever You're that was. Well, yeah, or... it,
1: was, uh, it was actually, I didn't put her name on here. Oh,
0: thank but you. But
1: Carly Skinner. Wants to know uh, about your tattoos. What's the story behind your tattoos? Oh,
0: okay. So I have three tattoos. One I got in college. I was a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. One I got when we were married. We had like a year old baby, so 2004. And then one I got in 2010 after our kids came home from Haiti. So the one that she's probably asking about is the one that people can see.
1: Ah, she probably is. I
0: don't think Carly Skinner's ever seen the other ones.
1: Very few have very few,
0: have. (laughs) but, um, the one on my arm is a bird with eggs and a nest. Uh And so I wanted something to represent motherhood for me. And so kind of like a mom bird will go out and get food for her babies and feed them while they're in the nest. Mm -hmm. And then she eventually, they have to send them out and learn to fly. So like I wanted to, I want to feed my baby spiritually, physically, emotionally and then they need to leave the nest. So that's what that is. That's great. Yeah.
1: But there's no more room for any more No more rooms for any
0: eggs. It's full. Yeah. House is done.
1: So you have more that aren't <laughs> visible?
0: <laughs> so I have two more tattoos. One I got in college.
1: That you regret.
0: I don't regret it. I My personal thing, we had this conversation last night with some girlfriends. My thing is, I think tattoos that you can't see are kind of pointless.
1: Totally. 100%. Because
0: like, I see tattoos as art. And so my other tattoos, yeah. no one sees them. They're pointless. They had mean nothing to me mm-hmm. is dumb so i have a like
1: <laughs> just tell him the dolphin a, that's jumping no, out of the no i don't have right that no the, the,
0: but i have a heart on my bikini line that's so cliche i got it when i was 19 and then on my right hip in the back i have another heart Mm -hmm. I like hearts Or I guess I did when I was 19
1: So do you think anybody should get a tattoo when they're 19?
0: I don't think you should get a tattoo when you're 19 I don't, I think that you're not old enough We do stupid things when we're 19 I got my biggest tattoo, I was 35, 34 Mm -hmm. So that's what I think about tattoos
1: Equally as important, Kay Jordan from Instagram wants to know What was the first cassette or CD you ever bought?
0: I don't remember, but I bet it was probably like Carmen Remember Carmen?
1: Do I remember Carmen? Who had a
0: Carmen? Everybody yeah Sally doesn't know what Carmen is. Oh, you weren't a Christian when you were younger. Yep, that's there why. There it is. Sa- Car- Carmen, and he did the music videos where he was yep. boxing. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So right. it was probably Carmen or... That's all I can think of. What about you?
1: My first? Yeah. Uh, I remember it very clearly. Diamond Rio.
0: Is that you start, oh, start yeah. walking? You start my walking first. my way, or is that them?
1: You start walking your way.
0: No, I think it's no.
1: Yeah, it's you and then I. Okay, say it. I'll start walking mine. We'll meet in the middle. Meet that old Georgia pine. Yeah, That no 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 no. And then my second CD, you didn't ask why Why Nona?
0: Because you told me one time when you were younger,
1: you thought she was pretty. Oh, I had the biggest crush on Winona Judd, and then I found out she had a sister. That um, Okay, be
0: nice because was
1: beautiful. Ashley's beautiful.
0: I know. So is Wynona. Don't even no, everybody's like, okay, beautiful. Okay, yeah, yeah. Everybody's
1: beautiful. <laughs> everybody's beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Yes. But I used to. Uh, but
0: you are like, oh, Ashley. Oh, I, why doesn't Ashley have a record?
1: Right? So I used to uh, be on the riding lawnmower, mowing, and I would just jam. I had my headphones in, jamming to Wynona. Uh-huh. All right, enough about Winona and my weird obsession with her. Totally weird. Uh, okay, so we are sending your your friends out of the hotel room, and they're going to go get the pizza and come back later, and, and it's a really good time.
0: And because it's hot in here, because if you don't know it's when you do podcasts, really we have to turn the
1: air off. And we have our bathrobes on. I'm and sure So that. It's hot in these We things. don't have them on. That'd be so weird. That would be weird. If we did, we would never tell.
0: What if I recorded every podcast I ever did in my bathrobe?
1: Smoking a cigarette. Nobody would know. <laughs> in, in rollers. Yeah. i hair uh-huh. smoking a cigarette in a bathrobe.
0: And with a, like a, a hard liquor on rocks. You're know, like an old lady.
1: But it's like Southern comfort. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Something nasty. In all seriousness, as your husband, I am so proud of you for having a hundred amazing episodes. Thanks, babe. Seriously. And one of the things that I really love about your, um, your podcast is... Is not just the fact that you have an amazing like guest on every single episode, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you do. I mean, mm-hmm. you have amazing people. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I also love is your ability to to really interview them well. And um, Kim Scheidegger from Instagram asked a really good question that I've always wanted to know the answer to, too. And we, We've never actually really talked about it. She says, you seem to have a gift for asking good questions to really get to the hearts of those you're interviewing. Mm. Have you always been skilled in that? Or have you had to learn that and somebody's knocking on our hotel room? <laughs> not just Hold on, over. no no. No, just pause. Just kinda talk it out with your <laughs> listeners right now. Hold on. Just
0: but a like second. like go up on the treadmill if you're running, Jimmy. wash another dish.
1: <laughs> That's not all Jimmy, for us. There are five pizzas here.
0: That's Three not five, all for us. <laughs> That's Hold the on. paquettes.
1: We're doing all this in the podcast. Jimmy, People don't need all. to know how much pizza we're <laughs> eating. We <laughs> ordered one. We
0: Amanda Brown, come here real quick. Okay, Amanda's bringing us our pizza. The girls want to go eat pizza. They'll be back in a little bit. Amanda, what episode were you? Three. Amanda Brown, go back and listen to episode three. She's also the Amanda that I wanted to start the Bachelor podcast with. Yes. Which we can always go back and do that again. Oh, I mean, yeah. Hello. Well, we, will. Hello, we will. We will. We <laughs> will. But what I want everyone to know is I know one of the questions that people ask me is someone sent in and they said, Hey, we need some more simple Jamie Ivy recipes. We love your recipe <laughs> with the potatoes straight. and green beans. And I want to set the record straight <laughs> yes. because I, I am a friend who builds her friends up. I am a friend who does not take credit for what is that's not hers. Right. And that's I want right. everyone to know that that recipe is straight from Amanda Brown. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: credit is due. That's right.
0: It's high time. I got credit for so that. So do one. you have a simple recipe that you can share with us besides that one? Oh gosh. Um, okay. So just last week, Aaron's going to hate this, but I put a pork shoulder Mm -hmm. in my crock pot with some barbecue sauce and some of that raspberry chipotle marinade. Ooh, That makes it fancy when you said that it went up a notch and some chopped onions. Mm -hmm. And I think that was it. And I put it on low for 10 hours. Wow. And it was amazing. And See, so it made it was sandwiches. Okay. And we put um like, like coleslaw sh- like and, a sl- uh, like pulled pork pulled sandwiches. Pork, yeah. And um we put like coleslaw and pickles on it. It was great. And sweet potato fries. See, I just, I go. just, I'm so glad that you could share another recipe because <laughs> there go. I got nothing. Everything go. I got is from you. So everybody, thank you. Amanda you Brown. Yes. yes.
1: You're welcome. Yeah. I'm so glad she delivered our pizza. I know. The other four, they don't belong here.
0: Okay. So y'all, all you girls eat pizza and then come back for the end. Got it.
1: Yep. Come back when you're ready. Okay, we're gonna jump right back into it. One thing I love about this show, and I'm telling you guys, this is gonna be a really, really good show.
0: It seems like it's gonna be an hour and a half long. It for might the be. love, you're gonna you're gonna have to run 17 miles Here's to listen to this. Surprise.
1: I got you. Um, one of your favorite things in life. I have got it for you right now. I'm about to open the box and I'm about to show you what it is. Because you've you've never answered the question like three things I'm loving with one of the things that I know you're always loving. Okay. You always leave this out. Okay. So I got you. A very hot, fresh,
0: oh my gosh,
1: steamy box of fried pickles.
0: Are they spears or chips? They're chips. Oh, good. They're chips. I'm I love fried pickles. Right Thanks, baby. You're welcome. I thought you'd be more excited. Uh, I'm so excited. Okay, I would appreciate
1: if you'd show more <laughs> excitement.
0: I'm not gonna. I feel bad eating on the show. We might need to take a break because of the mouth
1: noises. It'll be fine. Okay. All right. So back to that question. Have you always been skilled in the art of interviewing or do you feel like it's something that you've learned and have grown You know, over the last couple of years?
0: Uh, that's a great question and I actually get that question from a lot of people and I wish that I could teach a class on this and make a million dollars because that's what people want to know. I don't really have a direct answer to it. I definitely think I've gotten better at it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't listen to old episodes, but I remember them cause I was there. And I definitely think I wasn't so sure of how I wanted the show to go. So a lot of people ask me like this, probably someone asked about prep work, I think as well. Like when I sit down to interview someone like, let's say I was going to interview my friend, Amanda Brown, which I did one time, I would send her a couple of questions to get to know about her and her life and what's going on in her world. And then in my brain, I know where I want the interview to go. Mm. Now, sometimes it doesn't go there. I mean, y'all have heard some of the shows where people drop a bomb on the show. And I'm just totally caught off guard. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think about that in Wreath and Nicole's show um, and Amy from Bobby Bones. Like those have been shows that literally I did not know they were going to go where they went. And they did. But for me, I just try to think about if I'm listening to this person and you're listening because you listen to the happy hour what do you want to know after what they just said? Yeah. And so that's kind of, I don't know if it's a skill. I don't know how I do it. I have no idea how to explain it. I feel like I just really try hard to feel like, what would I wonder after they just said this? Sure. Yeah. And so that's what I ask. So I don't sit down to record and have a set of questions. I don't do that at all. Um, because I really want it to feel as though it's very conversational, which I hope that it
1: is. It definitely is. And I feel like one of the things I, I like about listening to you interview people is it feels like, while you're interviewing them, you're genuinely learning things about them and you're learning things that apply to your life.
0: Oh, 100%. And I, and I feel very, because I want the show to be conversational, I feel 100% okay to, to tell them when they teach me something. Mm-hmm. Because the show's not about just my guests and it's not just about me. It's about a happy hour between two women. And so I want the listener to feel as though they really did join us around a table and get into our
1: conversation. Right.
0: So- and that's a two-way street. Yeah. You know, so that's why I feel that it works well.
1: Are there some things that stick out? Because you've been doing this now for, what, two years, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Almost two years? A little over, yeah. A little over two years. So are there are there things or moments or conversations that stick out? I, I thought about this question because Happy Cropper from Instagram asked, what are the three most important things you've learned from all the amazing interviews you've ever done? So are there things like that that have stuck out where you're like, that was so, it just stuck with me and I can't get rid of that?
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know that I could list off three things that I've learned. the The number one thing that comes to my mind is, and you can attest to this, is that when I started this show, I would have never ever said the word "creative" next to my
1: name. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have defined yourself as a creative. I would person.
0: have never de- defined myself as a creative person. I don't sing. I don't draw. I don't write music. I don't. I don't do any of those things that seem quote unquote creative. But what I've learned, and I've actually learned through conversation with guests is that I am a creative and I can own that a little bit more than I did two years ago. Mm -hmm. I didn't own it at all two years ago. So I think that's the number one thing that I've learned throughout the show is the creativity that it takes to put on something like this. I am a creative person. Yeah. I mean, and then there's been so many conversations that stand out. I mean, when Emily Freeman talks about rest, I just feel mm-hmm. like, oh, it's so good for my soul to hear. When Susie Davis talks about fear, mm-hmm. I mean, those kind of episodes just stick with you forever. When Retha talks about forgiveness, I mean, those things are just huge. And so
1: sure. I get as much yeah. out of it as a listener does. Right. Well, I mean, speaking of uh, Emily Freeman, you know, I have this list of 100 things that we're loving about Jamie Ivy. Did Emily send something? She totally did. This is number 19. You know, Emily 100. and I I
0: think we've only met in person one or two times and she is one of my most favorite people to have on the show really? for two for a couple of reasons. I think it's sometimes hard to find someone that's funny and also very very like thoughtful and so brilliant with her words
1: and she is mm-hmm. both of those. That's I love cool. interviewing Emily Freeman. Well, she loves you also and this is number 19 out of 100, okay. right? This is this is uh what she says she's loving about you. And this is such a good compliment and it is exactly what you're talking about. People that are on your show, um, they genuinely feel like you love them, you want to know them, um, and you care deeply about their story. And that's so true about you. So this is what she says, number 19. Jamie reminds me of a cousin of mine. Every time I get to talk to her, I'm like, oh, she's family. My cousin Jamie, who I used to play Barbies with and who I've known all my life. She says, I know that sounds kind of weird, but it reminds me of my cousin every time I'm talking to Jamie because she's so warm and so personable.
0: That's is so great. That, like, that brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, Emily and I've met in person like two different times at conferences we've both been at. Yeah. And I've read her books and adore her work and I love the podcast she does. And I love having her on the show. That's yeah. really
1: kind. Well, number 20 is from her also. Oh, two okay, things. Okay. Number 20 <laughs> is she's basically adorable and can rock a large earring like nobody's business. Amen.
0: Y'all know I love my big earrings. Girl, your
1: earrings are big.
0: I know. Waterloo just my favorite earrings, so there's that. Okay, guys. Um, I hope you're loving the show so far. We had so much fun um, talking together, but I want to tell you real quick before we get back to... Uh, the interview that Aaron and I did is about one of our sponsors, and that's Prep Dish. I'm a fan of Prep Dish, and Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. So, there's a couple things I want you to hear from that. It's a subscription-based meal planning service, which hello, we meet, we need that, but it's healthy. So, each week you're going to receive an email from Allison, and it's going to contain a grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. So, you head on over to your grocery store, you buy all your stuff, check it off, and then when you get home, you're going to spend about two to three hours prepping the meals you can do this on a Sunday afternoon. You could do it on a Wednesday night. It doesn't matter when you do it, but you're ready for meals for the next week. Not only is prep dish an amazing time saver, but guys, the meals are delicious. We've got smoky paprika, chicken legs with roasted carrots, parsnips, and fennel. Hello. That sounds amazing. Turkey and zucchini lasagna. All of these things are healthy and Allison makes it really easy for you to get healthy meals on the table for your family. Allison's offering all of the Happy Hour listeners a special rate of four dollars for the first month. So you're going to spend a dollar a week for a meal plan, and you just can't beat that, guys. Head on over to prepdish.com/happyhour. The deal is good for a four-dollar trial, and you're going to love it. Okay, here's the rest of my talk with Aaron for the hundredth episode. All
1: right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a fast question round. Okay. So you don't have time to think about it, and you can't give a long answer. Okay. We're going to give you like 10 questions. Boom. First answer that pops in your mind. This makes me sweat. Are you because ready? I don't
0: know these questions. Well, don't and I'm sweat. Sweating. Eat a
1: pickle. <laughs> eat a pickle. Okay. Can are you, you eating a pickle?
0: Can you hear the chewing noise? I'm so sorry. Baby, it's
1: your 100th episode. Oh, those are good. They're real good, huh? I bet they were even better before they set in like a delivery man's car. <laughs> 45 minutes. Ready? Panther or lion?
0: Um. Panther.
1: If you were trapped in an elevator with one Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Lights character, who would it be? Um,
0: uh, Tammy Taylor. Is there anyone else? Me tra- too. I know. No,
1: totally. Me too.
0: No, I know you would.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, lip sync battle with Jimmy Fallon. What song would you sing?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, this is, I'm really thoroughly embarrassed about this and I hope no one judges me for like being a bad Christian, but a song that I always like to do at karaoke is Push It by salt and Pepper. Oh Ter- my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible
1: I can't Christian. believe I said that out Terrible loud. Pressure. Top three places you want to travel?
0: Oh, I want to go. You know how on the Bachelor they have those uh, little like tiki huts and over the beach, Uh over the water. I have no idea where that is, but I want to spend the night in one. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd also like to go to Iceland. Okay, three. That's two, and I'd also like to go to South Africa,
1: like the country. Yeah, let's Mm -hmm. go. Movie that you quote the most?
0: Uh, Maybe Pretty Woman or Greece. Mm-mm. Or none of those are true. Oh, this is also gonna make me look like a bad Christian. You're
1: basically a bad Christian.
0: Oh, the movie Friday.
1: So many times you quote that.
0: My friend Amy, who's my best friend in the world, she's also been a guest. We that we watched that in high school a lot, and we quote it to us to each other a lot. It's terrible. What are you reading? Okay, I'm reading three books right now, which is weird. I don't normally do that. Uh, the first book I'm reading is How Children Succeed by Paul Tuff. It's about school systems. Very interesting. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and this is my first Brene Brown book, which I know all you listeners are just kind of cringing because you tell me to listen to it. And then The Invention of Wings by Sue monk Kidd, which has been recommended on this show a thousand times.
1: All right. Hidden talent.
0: Hidden talent. Hidden talent. Hidden talent. I got nothing. What?
1: Hidden talent. I got nothing. Baby, you are the most talented, passionate, dynamic Karaoke person I've ever met in my entire life. Oh,
0: I do like karaoke, but I don't no, you don't have...
1: like karaoke. You own karaoke. It,
0: it depends with the group and the place, all kinds of things kind of a lot fall of into factors. that. Yeah, right. a lot of okay. factors kind of fall into that. All right, pet yeah. peeves. Oh, pet peeves. I was thinking about this today because we were talking about this with some friends. When my kid... Eating dinner with my children, literally the way they eat, I I want to punch them in the face. You
1: have before? No, I no, haven't. I'm
0: <laughs> but you hate this too. I mean, oh, one of me our crazy. kids. Well, you're who about will, to say it
1: drives me who will crazy. name
0: nameless, um, like smacks the mm-hmm. entire meal, and yep. it drives me crazy. Like we've sent kids away from the table. You don't get dinner.
1: No, you go to your room, you sleep. Well, it you off, eat and later. you wake up, You get breakfast <laughs> in the morning. You
0: eat when we're not eating. But yeah, I cannot stand the smacking. Do you
1: reread books?
0: Absolutely not. I see zero point in that. Really? I, I can name zero books I've reread. Huh. There are so many books I want to read in the world. Why would I read one I've already read? Okay. Which I had this conversation with Emily Freeman the other day because
1: she told me a book about she reads all the them. You reread books. I, re, I reread East of Eden probably once a year. True. Okay. Maybe every two years. Every five years, I no, bet. No, maybe every two years.
0: Yeah. I just think, man, my book list is so long.
1: If you could monogram everything in your life, would you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that much into monogramming, but I recently got something monogrammed, and Aaron thinks. Oh, I have two things monogrammed: a makeup bag. Oh my
1: gosh, you are kidding me right now! I have a
0: makeup bag and a sweatshirt monogrammed, and Aaron thinks that's really weird.
1: No, it's not weird that you that you are confessing you have a few things monogrammed. You have a lot of things monogrammed, and if you had your way about it, you would have everything in your life. Name three things, because I only know of two things. Okay, the bathrobe you're wearing right now—it's
0: Oh, it's monogrammed with this hotel, and I'm not wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> Next question:
1: Our pillows in our uh, on our bed—they're not monogrammed. Yes, the leather seats in your minivan. Okay, you're making this all up. All right, all right. So we're going to go back to real questions, okay. not lightning fast round. Okay, because there's so many good questions that uh, that people asked you, and I, one of the things that I thought was so cool about the kinds of questions that people asked, and this this tells a lot about what kind of influence you have, and what people are constantly learning um, from you is a lot of questions centered around your family, you know, how you parent kids and a lot of questions centered around ministry, like Mm -hmm. how you balance ministry and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. So I think good first question to ask is several people, probably 10, 15 people ask this, how do you balance ministry life, church life, right? With family life? How do we as a family do that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. And I'll answer from how do I balance it? I mean, I'm a pastor's wife. Um, you've been on, you have been in ministry since we've been married for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for probably the first 12, maybe even 13 years of our marriage, I didn't do much outside of the home ministry-wise. right? Uh, and, and ministry-wise, I mean, that sounds weird, but in comparison to what I do now, traveling, speaking, podcasting, writing. So right. there's that. Um, so I'm going to answer it from the standpoint of a wife and her husband pastor. You think that's what they're asking? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's been really great for us. We've had different seasons when our kids were younger. Um, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of just encouragement to you as you did your ministry and I parented and you did really well of encouraging me in that same season mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think how we balance it now with me also having stuff that I do in ministry um, is We're both pretty, um, I would say we're both pretty aware of each other's giftings and each other's needs and each other's capacity. Yeah.
1: And So your capacity
0: to do ministry is bigger than mine. It doesn't make it better. Mm -hmm. It just means it's bigger. Mm Um, and, but my capacity has grown a lot over the past two years. Yeah. And it's grown with also your encouragement and help as well. And so I think for us, a lot of it is just us mutually understanding the capacity each other has and respecting that capacity. So for me not to feel jealous that you have a bigger capacity for ministry than I do, but for me to embrace the capacity that I have at this moment, Mm -hmm. because the capacity that I
1: have is so much bigger than I had five years ago. I mean, it's totally changed now. Totally changed. Yeah. Kids are older. Kids are a little bit more like they can do things on their Self-sufficient. own. Self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're gone from seven to four. Exactly. Yeah. So you're right. Like your mm-hmm. your opportunity has just opened and blossomed. it right. yeah. has been cool to see that. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So you're right. Your capacity is so much different now. So this this is a really good question from Faith Carberry from Instagram. said, how do you make time for your friends when your kids were little?
0: You know, Faith, that's a good question. And I honestly, looking, being on the other end of that with kids that are all in school now, I actually feel like friendship is one of my hardest things right now in life. Um, And I've said that numerous times on this show, and I say that to my friends in real life. Um, Friendships for when I had little kids were actually easier uh, because I was friends with other women who had little kids. And so Mm -hmm. we would meet at the park or we'd go to play dates or they'd come over to my house, you know, things like that. It was easier. Whereas now that my kids are all in school and I work every day when they're gone, friendships are one of my biggest struggle these days. Like I have to be way more intentional now with friendships than I ever was when I had little kids. Yeah. So I guess if you're struggling with that, my advice always is like, hey, if you're home during the day with your kids and so is a friend, y'all need to be together at someone's house or you need to be at a park or you need to be at Chick-fil-A.
1: Right. You know,
0: bring the crazy to each other and just – embrace the craziness together.
1: So what would you say to the mom right now who has a you know bunch of kids and that is her life. That's her world. She's not working for a nonprofit. She doesn't think she's changing the world at all. What would you say to her just to encourage her and what she's doing?
0: You know, I get this a lot. I know this was some questions submitted by some people on Instagram. And, um, I feel that a lot because I remember when I had little kids, as in Caden was three Deacon was one, you traveled mm-hmm. about 230 days a year.
1: It was crazy. It was
0: crazy during our time. Um, and I wasn't doing anything that you see me, people see me doing now. Nothing.
1: And but, you kind of struggled with Oh,
0: that. I struggled. I was about to say, I struggled really a lot. Hard. It was I felt like you got the better end of the deal because you right. got to go out and do ministry and I was stuck home with the kids. Right. Um, and I remember vividly, I remember vividly, I think you were gone one Mother's Day. Um, and so it was just the kids and I at church and it's mother's day. So they're not going to appreciate me because they're two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember vividly being a little bit angry that it wasn't fair that you probably slept in a hotel the night before. Totally did. Someone probably took you out to dinner. You right. and the band, you You're know, eating and so,
1: macaroni and cheese.
0: I mean, macaroni and cheese and pickles and not, for,
1: not even fried pickles. From <laughs> no the delivery just man pickles that kept out of in the... his jacket. No.
0: So, but I remember having a moment where God really said, Jamie, you actually have the better end of the deal because Aaron's gone. Aaron's not with his kids Mm -hmm. these many days of the year. Aaron misses 230 days a year with these kids.
1: so crazy.
0: Um, And so I kind of had this shift of like, this is such a blessing. That It's a privilege to stay home with your children. I want to remind people that. Mm -hmm. Moms in India are not deciding whether they should stay home and work.
1: Totally true. They are
0: working because they have to provide for their kids. And so I had this thought of like, this is such a privilege that God has given me to actually be with my children during the day. Was it hard? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I searched online all the time for jobs. Um, and so I want to incur my encouragement to you is that you are changing the world one child at a time. Yeah. And when you hear me say that, it sounds like so cliche, like you're changing the world through your kids, but I want you to hear it through fresh ears that it's true. Mm -hmm. That you really are changing the world through your children. Um, And you know what? If you're a working mom and you're listening, don't feel beat up over this moment right now either. Because we do that in our world. But for that mom with this particular question that you don't feel like you're doing anything and you're at home with your kids, the perspective needs to shift for you to say, I'm actually doing something great. That's right. I'm actually doing something great. And that might be something you have to repeat to yourself every single morning Mm -hmm. when you're cleaning up oatmeal off the floor again. Right. So you're, you're doing great things, mama. That's what I have to say.
1: Yeah. And and you're saying this out of experience too.
0: Experience. Yeah. And I'm also saying this, I say this all the time and I know women say this all the time is that it is a season guys. It is a season. And, and, and I sound like an old woman when I say it goes by in a flash, but it really does. I mean, our youngest is starting third grade this year Mm -hmm. and I never thought I'd be able to like. I get to work during the day when they're at school, and that's my life now, and I love it. But I didn't get to do that earlier, and it was a season, and I'm thankful
1: for it. Well, you're a really, really good mom. Oh, thanks, babe. And I know you don't always feel like you're a great mom. I don't. And I don't know that any mom ever feels like they're the best mom, right? But you're a really good mom. And um, Maria Cherry from Instagram asked a really good question. She said, with all the sadness, hurt, and violence going on in our world right now, how do you talk to your children about race and violence?
0: Man, this is such a good question. And if you haven't listened to the episode that I did with Tasha Morrison, Mm -hmm. go back, stop right now and go listen. It's so good. Tasha leads a group, um, a bridge building group here in Austin and it's spread all over the world. She is having great influence about building bridges between people and races, um, and I'll tell you, and I, I told her this in the episode, it's one of the hardest things I have to do in parenting. Um, but I also say this ashamedly before I had children um, of color, uh, these wouldn't have ever been, a, this, this question would not come across my mind. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have been an issue. It wouldn't mm. have been a big deal. No, would we wouldn't have, had, have even thought about I it. I wouldn't have even thought about it. But now that we parent children of color, um, two of our kids are from Haiti, and one of our child adopted domestically is biracial. Um, I will honestly say this is still really, really hard. I hate it. I hate the conversations. But we have them. Um, Just a couple weeks ago, we, I think we were on our RV trip, so not that long ago, um, is when, oh, what video, I mean, this is sad, but what, oh, it was the man who was shot in the street in Florida. With his hands in the air, mm-hmm. and he was um, trying to protect his patient, his adult right. patient with autism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I, my friend Kristen Howerton posted the video on Facebook, and I watched it. And my son Amos was right there with me, and I had the moment of, and Amos is black; he's adopted from Haiti. I had the mo- I had the thought: Should we be watching this together? Um, and then we just did. Right. And so there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of questions. Why would they do that? Um, and 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 I talked to them openly about that there are some people in our country who think that because your skin is a different color, they're threatened by you um, they think that you might be scary, they think that you might be unsafe um and I would say that to date that was the hardest conversation I've had with one of our kids mm-hmm. uh, just a few weeks ago in yep. the I v I don't yep. you were probably changing the sewage or something I'm sure it um, was. but it was just. It was just Amos and I in the car. And how did he respond? He was very confused. And at first he said, so police officers are scared of people with darker skin? And I said, no, not at all. I said, in this situation it was. But I was like, no, police officers are our friend. They, are, they help us. Mm-hmm. They are a very safe place. I said, but there are people in our country, whether it's a police officer, a neighbor, a friend, a kid at school, a kid at church, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, that still feel as though someone's color defines their character And, um, so we talked about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the conversation we're going to have to have with him, we've talked about this before is when we go into a convenience store, I watch Amos like a hawk, Mm -hmm. not because I think my son's going to do anything wrong because I think someone's going to assume he's going to do something wrong and he's so innocent. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what? We try to have age appropriate discussions and Tasha really, really encouraged me in that. And
1: so go back and listen to that because she's much smarter on this than I am. So T 20 from Instagram asked another question about parenting and says, how do you talk to your kids about sex? Mm.
0: We talked to our kids about sex for sure. I wrote a whole blog post about this. I'll link in it. And my friend, Amber Rose, Zimmel, who's an early guest on the show. Yep. We talked a lot about talking to our kids about sex on that episode. So go back and listen to that one as well. But man, we, we ordered these books from Amazon. My friend Julie Paquette told me about them years ago and they're called God's design for sex. Mm-hmm. And it's a three part book series. They start at the age of five. Yes, you heard me right. Age five. Some mm-hmm. of you like started sweating just now. Um, but the the beautiful thing about it is the age five books, they're age appropriate.
1: Yeah, it's like a, a piece of mom and a piece of dad yeah. came together and created yeah. a baby.
0: Yes. A- and so we've been talking to our kids about sex since they were five. Mm-hmm. And so... Our kids hopefully will never remember a moment when dad sat down and said, hey, son. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I have wanted... so many friends who have that memory. Yeah. Or they, have they no were, memory. They is it their parents and their dad went their... camping with them exactly. and spilled it all.
0: Yeah. Or showed a, a diagram book, which that's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, we've always been talking about sex. Um, and I wouldn't say that our kids like know that we have sex. I mean, hopefully they
1: do, right? That's a weird thing to talk about uh, on the know. podcast. I never really thought about that.
0: But my point is that that's not like this dirty, scary word. T- totally sex true. is not dirty and scary. Yeah, sex is something that a mom and dad do when they're married. Yeah, wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, it's hope hot there in were here. no kids in the car when Ooh. y'all
0: were listening. <laughs> Man, this hotel room's
1: hot. Uh, okay, so Philip Ellis. But can I say something real quick again? I will allow it since I'm the interviewer and it's your hundredth episode. Yes, you can cut this if you want to. But I just want to
0: say something real quick about the sex thing. Is I know that it's uncomfortable for you as a parent to have these conversations. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. But when you're looking at the value that it brings towards your child, mm-hmm. is that I don't want my son or daughter to find out, I mean, what sex is from their stupid middle school friends. No way. Or even some terminology, like it might be mm-hmm. slang for sex. We want them to hear that from us yeah. so that we can yeah. appoint them to the appropriate way to think about sex and the appropriate words to use. And so it's not a surprise. Right. Because I think when kids hear things from their peers, they think they need to keep it a secret from their parents. And we want to be like, hey, not, we know. Totally. Um, the first time I talked to Caden, we must have been reading book two or something. We we're talking about sex. And he looked at me. And, he and of course, this is just the sweetest moments ever because he was like, do you and dad do that? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. You know, and he's like, I'm never doing that.
1: Never yeah. doing uh-huh.
0: that. And I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You'll change your mind in a couple of years. One day you'll change your mind. Wait till you're 15. Yeah.
1: Okay. So a lot of people asked um, questions about adoption and adoption is a huge part of our family, obviously, but I do feel like we don't really talk about adoption a whole lot. Like adoption hasn't become like, you know, our, our thing that we just talk about all the time. It's just a, it feels like a normal part of our life. Right. So a few people asked hey, why did you and Aaron decide to adopt instead of having more biological children?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And I've been on several podcasts in the past couple of years where I've talked about this. So if you go to my blog, I'm sure you can find them. But all that to say, I think people are just curious because we have our oldest is biological and then our next three added to our family through adoption. And um, we have no idea if we struggle with infertility. Mm -hmm. No idea. Um, If you know much about my story, you know that I've been pregnant a few times, none of them ever planned. And so I don't know if I struggle with infertility, like secondary after Caden was born. Um, but we, after we had Caden, we really just like felt like God was asking us to add to our family, through the adoption. We saw a couple of people adopt in our church. We lived in, um, Tennessee at the time and it, we just walked through the door and then we were there with the domestic adoption. Yeah. And then we were decided to add to our family again. It's just God's grace. I have no idea why we never talked about doing it the natural biological through my body way ever again. Um, and then led us to Haiti and next thing you know, we're adopting Amos and story. And so, um, we have no idea if we start with infertility, I doubt it. Um, but we really just felt as though God, that's how he planned our family. And that's what we say to our kids. This is just the way God planned our family.
1: So there it is. Absolutely. And we love it. Love it. And And when we are done,
0: and we are done, if you're wondering. There
1: ain't no more room on the uh-huh. tattoo for yeah. no more eggs. <laughs> we're done. All right, so how about we slip back into uh, 100 Things We Were Loving About Jamie Ivy, real quick. Oh, okay. All right. This is number 76. Okay. And this is from Jaleesa.
0: Oh, I love Jaleesa. Who was on.
1: I don't remember what I don't remember number her she either, was. But
0: Jaleesa was amazing, and I, I get this a lot. Have more single women. Have more single women. Mm-hmm. And I hear you, and it's we're going to. Um, yep. Jaleesa talked amazingly about singlehood as a woman. And one of my yep. favorite things that she said was she's like, I wish people would stop treating it as a disease. Totally.
1: She says people in the church want to fix you if you're single. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Julie. She was a great guest. Great friend of ours. She gave you a huge compliment. And she what sings she said, with you every Sunday at the stone. If you come to she visit, she's way better stone. than me. Yeah, she's she's awesome. amazing. She says, I love Jamie for so many reasons, but one that stands out for me is that she is real. As a woman in the church, especially in leadership, it can feel like you're supposed to be quiet and perfect and even sort of dull at times. But Jamie has helped me redefine meekness and gentleness. She is fun and loves life and her heart breaks for injustice and she fights. She isn't a doormat and she isn't a feminist. She's a Jesus loving woman who is teaching women like me to be authentic, messy, bold, confident followers of Christ.
0: I'm going to cry. Isn't
1: that amazing? So I'd love for you to talk about like, how did you become confident and comfortable in your skin as, uh, this very strong, um, woman who is leading other people, but is also gentle and meek.
0: That's a good question. And sometimes I don't feel what she might've said about me. You know, this Mm is you, you hear my, um, yeah, you've talked about it a few times. (laughs) You hear my frustrations and my concerns and my sorrow and Mm my, um, Insecurities, Um, but I remember when Aaron, when you and I first got married, um, you were serving at a church, and um, all if you if you know anything about my story, and I'm not going to go into it now. I've done it on other shows, but um, if you want to hear my whole story, I think I said it on uh, the Mud Stories with Jackie Watkins. So go back and find that. But we got married, and I brought a lot of baggage into our marriage personally, just some shame and sin that I had been entangled with in my past. So we got married and I became a pastor's wife. Um, and I'm going to own that most of this was my own feelings, that this was not put on me by anybody else yeah. at this church. Okay. But my own insecurities led me to believe that to be a pastor's wife, I needed to look a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way, right, and have a right. certain past. Totally. And so I completely just acted the part and was very, um, ashamed of my past, very scared of my past. Mm -hmm. Um, and it honestly wasn't until we moved to Austin and I, and we started, um, going to the Austin stone is where God really, really freed me from some of that and allowed me to, allowed me, I guess he really put the belief in my heart, um, that my past sin didn't define me as a woman. Totally. And that just because I have sin in my life in the past and today and tomorrow, it doesn't change my standing before Jesus. And so, I just started being, wanting to be a woman who encouraged women to be real and authentic. Mm-hmm. And real and authentic to where um, I could stand up in front of a room and say, man, just yesterday I lost my cool completely with my kids. Um, or, man, in the spring, I went like two weeks without even having any time in the word. Like to be able to say that and repent about it and say like, this is my sin. Here's my repentance. And like God still is using me. And God still is proud of me and God Mm -hmm. still loves me because I think as women, we want to be loved and we feel as though sometimes our sin, um, keeps us from being loved from God and it doesn't, he loves you no matter what. And it's, and he is faithful to forgive you. And so for me, I just want to be a woman who's, um, strong, um, and confident in who God has created me to be.
1: Yeah. And that's really
0: what you're doing.
1: We both love Christy. We
0: both love Christy, and I was just on her show. She's yep. a new podcast. Everybody go listen. Yeah. The Glorious Mundane.
1: And she, uh, one of the hundred, she was number 25, right? Um, 25. Is this things. like the
0: number they came in when you asked them?
1: I just took a 100 things, right, that people said they're currently okay. loving about Jamie Ivy okay. and put them in random orders. You right?
0: have no idea how this is. This is number 25.
1: This is what Christy said. She said, I love how intentional and even direct Jamie is in all that she does. But what's beautiful is that it's mixed with a real tenderness in her spirit. You can see it in her eyes towards God and people and the stories that God is weaving into people. I love that about her.
0: Thank you, Christy.
1: And it's really true. And I feel like this is a huge part of the book that you're working on. And a lot of people asked for you to kind of talk about your book that you're writing. I think you've mentioned it, you know, briefly Uh on the podcast Uh a few times, but talk about what the, what the book's about and. And what the kind of main message is that you're that you're presenting in your yeah, story.
0: this is great. I've been wanting to write a book for at least ten years. I mean, it's crazy to think about that, but it just wasn't good timing. I didn't have an audience. It would even, I mean, like if I wrote a book ten years ago, you and my mom and Amy would have bought it. Like that's about <laughs> it. Um, and so the book I want to write is I describe it as very memoir slash storytelling slash encouragement. Mm-hmm. I don't know what genre that falls under, yep. but I want to share my story. Um, and like I said, my story, my story involves a lot of pain. Um, not so much suffering, but just like I made some mistakes, right? And I brought those into a marriage where I brought shame in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what I want to do mostly is I want to encourage women to be able to own their stories and share them and be confident in them. Because what I've learned is that when I am open with my struggles... When I'm open with my story, when I'm even open with my sin, is what happens is that God receives so much more glory than when I keep it to myself and act like everything's okay. Yeah.
1: And I like being able to sit front row, you know, in your story and, and also be able to read some of the chapters that you've written, you're nailing it. And oh, I'm thanks. so excited about this thanks. book. I'm so, so it excited. comes out
0: like forever away, but that's how
1: book writing goes. Yeah, I know. We'll keep talking about yeah. it. So, when do you feel like there was a shift in your life where you decided you wanted to be a cheerleader of other people? Because I feel like in the book, you are cheerleading other women to own their story and embrace all their junk. Um, In adoption world, you're cheerleading people. In um, other mothers who have small kids, Like I feel like a lot of your life and message is centered on cheerleading other people. Before you answer, I'll give you an example. Number 11 of 100 Things We're Loving About Jamie Ivy is from our friend, Kim Ellis. And she says this, I love the way that Jamie is her friend's biggest cheerleader. I love that she truly cares about every little detail going on in her friend's lives, even though it may be insignificant in the big scheme of things. If it's important to us, it's important to her. Isn't that good? You can't cry. I'm going to start crying. (laughs) It makes me cry. But I'd love to hear like when do you think that change kind of happened? Like, when did you start, when did you decide I want to start cheerleading other people instead of maybe cheerleading yourself or your story or our family?
0: I'm really crying. Um, I love my friend Kim so much. The girl that just said that. And, um, to be brutally honest, one of my biggest sin tendencies is pride. And so I know where I will go and where I will go without Jesus is that I will want everyone to cheer for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I know that, you know that about me. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I think I fight it so well. I really think I do. Um, but so all that to say is I know what I am prone to do. It's like that song. I'm prone to wonder, you know, like I know what road I can very easily go down. And so for me, I think one of the biggest ways that I fight that is to be a cheerleader for other people. Um, and it's so kind that Kim said that because she's one of my greatest friends in real life that yeah. nobody that listens to this show would know. But I value her so much and I value like this. I I have this core group of girlfriends that I just value so much and I value everybody. But you know what I mean? I yeah. really want you, you to be their biggest yeah. fan and I, I have this tribe of girls. Um, I think also for me the shift has been is that the, these tribe of girls um, and my girls, I mean I've got... Tiffany and Amanda and Maris and Laura and Kim and Annie, and these girls just mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know and Noel, I'm listening to all these girls. Uh, but specifically with this one group, people listen to my podcast. People are going to read my book. People invite me to speak. And so for me, the greatest joy that I get is to give these girls the biggest dose of encouragement in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. that, I think that's really, really important to me and something that I value and try to be and try to do well. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Well, there is kind of this like um, rock star, superstar sort of thing in our culture, right? And you're basically saying like, there's nothing necessarily wrong about that, but you want to cheerlead everybody because I do. there's so many people. That are never going to be like some, you know, big, well-known book author, or whatever, superstar, but have incredible stories mm-hmm. and are doing incredible things yeah. that might not ever be told yeah. until heaven. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool thing that you're doing.
0: Well, thanks. I try to do it on my show. Like I try, like when people come on the show, I try to really just like, man, what can I do for you? Like, mm-hmm. how how can I share your story? How can I talk about your book? How can I talk about the quilts you're making or the teething rings you're making or yeah. whatever you're doing? Yeah. How can I be a cheerleader for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we all need to do that. Yeah. Okay, so flip side though, you're cheerleading for people that are doing awesome things. But I feel like a huge part of your life is also um, really like mourning with those who mourn. And I'd love for you to talk about like how how you kind of got that heart for mourning for people who are mourning, you know, mourning with them. Um, and how other women can, can do that also. Noelle Otts. All right. She's number 24 in the list of hundred things we're loving about Jamie. She says this, I love Jamie because she's one of the few people in my world that was there in my hardest season of life. And she just loved me.
0: I'm just going to cry again. Um,
1: Goodness. Girl, you want to wipe your eyes (laughs) with a pickle? I do. I'm going to go get you a fried pickle.
0: Noelle is one of my dearest friends in the entire world that none of you guys would know about. And she is just a like one of the most precious people to my world um we've both been through adoption and have kids that struggle um in different areas and so we have so much in common and mm-hmm. we have husbands that love to cook and we're a supper club together and she's just one of, she's just a dear friend to me and yeah um it's encouraging to hear her say that because i i do hope that when she went through a couple of things a couple of years ago one of the things i tried to do was just listen
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: um I can tend to be a fixer. I just want to solve problems. And when people are mourning, when people are grieving, when people are struggling, you think they need someone to fix it, but they really just need someone to listen. Yeah. Um, And I didn't like bang her over the head with Bible verses. And I didn't like tell her she needed more faith. I didn't do any of that except for just love her and listen and let her know that she can say anything to me. Yeah. Like Noel, whatever trial she was going through, she could say anything. And I would think zero amount less of her. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could do the same for her. You know, we have that type of relationship that is one in a million. Um, and so hopefully that is something that I did well. Yeah. Definitely. This is a really uncomfortable interview. Is it? Yeah, it really is. Oh man, <laughs> it's like uncomfortable. It's it's well, a it's, the, it's, it's the encouraging. Pickles, it's, the bathrobe, <laughs> it's
1: the no it's, air conditioning. It's encouraging
0: to hear the things people are saying, and it's also encouraging for me because I told you already. The one of the things I struggle with the most is, am I a good friend? Yeah. And so, like I could just cry. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh.
1: Well, I, I you are an extraordinary person, um, but I think the the kind of over. Lapping, um, bigger story is that God is extraordinary and He wants to do extraordinary things through everybody, there's there's, not yeah, through people. Yeah, He's that is he, ex, ex, exempt from that, you know. So, I asked Jenny Allen what's one thing she's loving about you right now, and she's at number 98. I love Jenny. Jenny Allen is awesome, she's been a guest on your show, she has, and she says, I love that Jamie intentionally creates experiences for people in real life from parties with lights. And the most inviting atmosphere to online, where she creates a life-giving experience for every person who follows or listens to her. You make our lives more rich and full. What a beautiful way to live!
0: Thank you, Jenny.
1: And that's so true about that's you. That's coming
0: from someone who creates a great experience. A great Hello, experience if gathering. At if gathering, yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: And uh, and you do that too. And I love how she talked about how you create experiences, um, you know, at our house. Mm-hmm. And you also create experiences online for people. And so where did that kind of passion come from? Why why do you want to create kind of a hospitable environment um, in both our house and online?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Jenny. Jenny's been one of my biggest encouragers um, in all that's happened in my life in the last two years. Um, You and I both love having people at our house. Um, The funny thing is, is that both of us, you more than me, tend to be introverts, Believe it or not. You're very introverted.
1: Totally. I'm
0: becoming more introverted in my older years. Mm In your old age. Um, But we really, really, really love loving on people in our home. We love it. We love it. It's one of the most favorite things in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And we love bringing people over to dinner. And if you come to our house for dinner, you don't get like something in the crock pot. You get a meal. You will not
1: get anything from a crock pot. No,
0: Aaron and Ivy will throw down. Um, (sighs) I think that... We, you know, whenever we have supper club in our house mm-hmm. or any of the houses, it's like kind of this like unwritten competition of who has the like cu- cutest decorations. Totally. It's all about I buy it. new decorations every time we have it in our house. Yeah. A new theme um, as if we need any of that, but whatever. But I think that we really have noticed over the past couple of years that when you, speaking of guests, Shauna Nequist, I mean, she, he, mm-hmm. she writes about this and this yeah. is some of her theme is that when you bring people around a table it's like this most beautiful place where almost communion, not in a weird sense, like Christian type of way, but almost this kind of something happens where people's guards are let down, yeah. they feel more comfortable, they feel more at ease. And we have seen that. We, have, we love inviting people over from a small scale mm-hmm. to Brett and Lindsay on a Wednesday night to a large party with 180 people yep. you cooking for. you know. Yep. And so yep. we do both and we love both. And I think for us, we get to really see people relax and we get to learn about them. And it's our way of saying, hey, we love you. 100%. Whether you're a guest of four at our house or a guest of 180. Yeah. We want you to feel loved when you walk through our door.
1: Absolutely. Your mom.
0: Oh, my mom?
1: Your mom. She is the number, let's see, number five Aww. of 100 things. And she said, I love Jamie's gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal for her to have 150 people in and out of her house. And that's really, really true about you. It's true about us. Yeah. Like we
0: really like... You know, we just moved. Everybody knows that if you've listened to the show for a while, especially our episode because we talked about when we bought our new house, Right. but we went from how big was our lot at our old house?
1: Uh, oh, uh, one 0.18. Foot?
0: I mean, 0.25, 0.18. 0.18 of yeah, an acre. of an acre. Very small house on the east side of Austin. Um, and we lived there for five years and it was wonderful. And now we've moved to almost four acres, mm-hmm. um, but I would say that we didn't just start hosting when we had enough room.
1: Nope, we did it when we had no room. We've,
0: we've had engagement yep. parties in our backyard. We have had birthday parties. We've had celebrations. We've yep. had all of our kids' birthday party. you know? And so yep. for us, I think it's always been something that we've really enjoyed. And so thanks, Mom. Isn't that great? Because uh, every time they come to our house, we're having a party.
1: It, they, it, they must think <laughs> that we party hard all uh-huh. the time. Because we
0: host like your worship gatherings. Yeah, we host like, uh huh, yeah.
1: They seriously, they probably seriously think, think we have But like every time they come,
0: problem. we put them to work. Like my dad mows. Oh, no, no, no.
1: You don't come to our house without working.
0: <laughs> my mom's doing dishes or yeah, something. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So Elena from Instagram, uh, Elena Kimbrough, I think. Uh, what is your advice to newly married people to start this culture, this heart of hospitality?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say that hospitality does not have to look a certain way. Like we just said, hospitality can be... A couple in your home. It can be Mm -hmm. four people. It can be Mm -hmm. 180 people. There's no rhyme or reason. I think hospitality means whether you're a cook like Aaron Ivy or you do crock pot like me, like your cooking does not create hospitality. No, not at all. And that's a lie that people believe I'm Mm -hmm. not a good cook. Yeah. Hospitality is created when people come into your home and you give them all of your attention and they feel as though they matter.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a big home. No, it doesn't have to be an expensive meal. None, None of, of it.
0: I mean, an apartment. I mean, we...
1: We had people constantly. When Same we lived in Murfreesboro. of hospitality we had when we had an apartment and a puppy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And zero money. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, so hospitality is not about what you can do for them. It's the environment that you provide, not monetarily, but of saying, hey, you matter and we want you here. Yeah. Um, and so I think that anybody can do that. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you are. Right. Older woman, widowed... To 20-year-old in your dorm. I mean, literally. Yeah. Have a dorm party.
1: Well, I mean, even think about like uh, when we go out of the country, we travel across the world. We feel so welcome and people are showing us hospitality. And a lot of times they don't have like resources. They don't have money. They're not throwing down some lush meal. You can probably tell stories about Ethiopia or every every
0: home we went to in Ethiopia. We had coffee. They Mm -hmm. would make sure that they served us coffee. Um, And it's because their way of saying, we value that
1: you're here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Elizabeth Ewing on Twitter said, what was the conversation like when you finally figured out that you weren't a good cook? Oh, that's a good one, Elizabeth. Right? I mean, if anyone listens or knows us, they know that you do most of the cooking. Most?
0: I mean, I do the sausage thing. I cook on Sundays.
1: Yes. I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there should be different, like, words. Like, cook is too vague. For me. There, yeah, there should be I put together warm food. up.
0: I put together food on Sundays. There's
1: warming up of things, and then there's cooking. So. But what was the conversation like when finally we were like, okay. I think
0: a couple things happened early on in our marriage. We first got married. I mean, we were in college people. I mean, we were late college people because yeah. it took us a while to finish, but we both were full-time students and full-time working
1: mm-hmm. and
0: living in an apartment. It was like the best life. You're like having sex and in
1: college at the same time. And we watched lifetime movies every, every day, day. Every Saturday we stayed in bed
0: and we had milkshakes every, every night. night. That's yeah. why I
1: gained 9,000 pounds. Yeah,
0: It was the life. But all that to say is neither one of us knew about good food, cooking or cared. Right. And then we moved to Tennessee about a year and a half into our marriage and it was after I had Caden that both of us started thinking more about the food we were eating. Yeah, I think we were well. You weren't because you were heavier than you are now, but we were still kind of living on that like fifteen year old metabolism. Well,
1: and you get married and everybody gives you all these gifts, so you're like, <laughs> we have an ice cream machine. That's we should use, use it every night. Yeah,
0: so we started to think more about food and eating healthy, and it was then that you started cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, because before then, everything I cooked was unhealthy, and I think that you started to experiment with cooking. Cooking. And then you got better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. and, and then, then the
1: heart of hospitality and all that kind of combined. Yeah,
0: and then it was kind of like, if you make such good food, why would we go back to my spaghetti?
1: Which right? we, yeah, we never have gone back to that. No.
0: So I make the meal that I make the meal that Amanda told you about with mm-hmm. the sausage and green beans and potatoes, which again isn't
1: really cooking; it's warming up.
0: But you love it.
1: I love it compared to everything else that you make.
0: And then made. I do a lot in the crock pot, and that's I mean. When you're having a busy season at work, because I also can't expect you to come home at six o'clock every day and cook. Uh, No. But you do a lot. I would say like when we're in a, you're in a busy season at work and we're in the school year, you probably cook three days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest, either we're eating out because we've got baseball games or I'm cooking sausage and potatoes.
1: Warming it up. Warming it up. Not (laughs) cooking it. There's a big difference. Okay. So mom to kjc from Instagram says, what's your favorite meal that Aaron cooks? I like all these questions about me.
0: <laughs> you was just more about you?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: I don't have a favorite meal you cook. You know why? Because you don't cook like. Tonight I'm going to make chicken and dumplings. No,
1: we don't have like staples. No. Like when I was growing up, my mom made four meals. Yeah, mine too. Fried chicken, mm. goulash, mm. spaghetti. Okay. And. Oh gosh, what was the other one? Maybe it was three.
0: My mom made fried salmon patties. Did your mom ever do that? No. Yeah. Fried salmon patties. Terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have a favorite meal you make because you walk into the kitchen and you literally create something new every single time. True. You don't use a recipe. I will look at you and be like, there's nothing in the house. We have to go eat at Trudy's. Right.
1: And I'll I'll find something. And you make
0: a, yeah. So I don't think I have a favorite meal. You do a lot of stir fry Mm -hmm. because we try a lot of times to eat just like protein and veggies. Mm -hmm. And so you do a lot of stir fry, which is amazing. Yeah. And with rice noodles. So I don't have a favorite meal. I love everything you cook, but everything is, we, if we, we couldn't make a recipe book because everything's
1: different. That's kind of what I like. Yeah. I like doing that. Stephanie Denny. From Facebook says, what all goes into planning your date nights with Aaron? Mm. Because we have a lot of date nights, not a lot in one week, but we are like, we're going to have a date night once a week. It's really important to us. But we
0: struggle with that. I would say as the kids have gotten older, which is ironic. Yeah. Because a lot of young moms are like, I can't have a date night and I can't leave my kids. And we owned date nights when the kids were little.
1: Yeah. And now it's harder. Now it's harder. Because they want to hang out with us.
0: They want to hang out. And we have baseball 18 nights a month. (sighs) Baseball. Um, I would say date nights for us are in this stage of our life with older kids and both of us doing ministry that keeps us busy sometimes are so intentional, mm-hmm. so intentional. Yeah. I would love to say that we have four amazing date nights a month, but I bet we have two. Yeah. But those two are amazing. We make
1: them, we make them count. We make them count. And, and so they're intentional. Wh- what do we do?
0: So we plan, I mean, we pick a restaurant and we put normal clothes on and Aaron,
1: normal, not the bathrobes that we're wearing right now. <laughs>
0: we're not wearing bathrobes, but I would get out of my workout clothes that I put on to pretend like I was going to work out during right, the day. Right, You moms know what I mean. Um, a lot of times this is really silly, but I say this a lot. You still get your car washed sometimes. Cause that's what we
1: did when we were dating. Oh yeah. not we, I did that. Yeah. When we were dating. I would never, you pick always you picked me car. up with your car. No. And so I still do that.
0: Oh, uh, yep. I was, that's what I mean. A lot of time on date nights, you on your way home from work,
1: We'll get your car washed. Totally, Kristen Schulenberg Russell, which has a really long name, um, from Facebook says, "How did you guys get engaged?"
0: Oh, that's a cute story. It's Uh, not really cute. It's not really cute. Me. How'd it hurt
1: you? Are you kidding me? All the baggage that we went through for it to finally come to engagement.
0: Oh, like how did we get engaged? We dated for a year and a half, and you asked me.
1: No, 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 no. (laughs) That's what she was asking. (laughs) But as the interviewer, I'm asking. For all the other stuff.
0: Why don't you tell the story then? Because you tell it better every time. No, no, you go ahead and tell it. Uh, we dated for a year and a half before we got engaged. You were a youth pastor at the church that my parents were going to. You were my brother's youth pastor. Um, and I had moved home about two and a half years earlier with some weird extenuating circumstances. And
1: <laughs> sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds vague. You have to say weird.
0: Just some circumstances brought me home. Uh-huh. And um, we started dating. I remember this. Okay,
1: I'm gonna, I'll jump in. No, I remember because it was so. Y2K. Mm. Remember? Mm-hmm. We
0: started, we were on our first date December of 1999 and we got married in June, 2001. That's not
1: really the part of the story I was talking about. Okay, go ahead. So the part of the story I'm talking about is whenever you and I... be
0: nice, okay.
1: I am being nice. Okay. We fell in love <laughs> when I was your college minister. You fell in love with me. Okay, I might have fallen in love with you before you fell in love with me. <laughs> For sure. But the way I remember the story is I fell in love, we fell in love... Skiing, Remember? Uh-huh. We were I was at, a college minister. In Colorado You were college skiing. ministry, which looking back on it seems really creepy. But we were the same age. We were age. the same age. Yeah, We were both in college at the mm-hmm. same time. I should never have been entrusted to be right. a college minister, ever. And
0: at this time in my life, I didn't love Jesus. Right. No, I just went on this trip to go skiing.
1: And I knew you didn't, but I yeah. didn't care because yeah. I just thought you were hot. There were
0: youth there, too. I think my dad and brother were there. I
1: just knew you were there. Okay, yeah. And we had this amazing time. We went skiing in the woods. Uh-huh. Laughed a lot.
0: I thought you were super, super funny. Like that was. Oh,
1: dude, I was.
0: <laughs> Don't call me dude. Um, you were super funny, and I had such a great time. I mean, it was like yeah. it was like a big brother.
1: R- right, but I didn't see it as <laughs> hey, she thinks I'm a big brother. I thought we're this in girl love. is falling for me. Hard. And I was not falling at all. But I didn't know that. Yeah. So I had the whole bus assignments, you know, seat assignments, Jamie Ivy, Jamie Beakley is going to sit next to Aaron Ivy in the front seat. We laughed, you know, we went skiing on the way home, laughed for 18 hours straight. I was like, this is it. This is the one, this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened because the deal is sealed. We're yeah. going to get home <laughs> and we're going to get married in the parking lot, right. right? We pull into the parking lot. You remember this? Uh-huh. And I look at you and I say, Jamie, I had such a blast with you. Like Uh, it was so much fun. Me too. You're, you're great. It was nice to hang out with you. I can't wait to hang out with you again. Uh It was just fantastic. (laughs) And you were like, yeah, it was. And we hugged. Like a side hug. I'm sure. I remember it being a full frontal hug.
0: <laughs> full you embracing You wished it was a full frontal hug. I it. was probably
1: it's it only a fist bump. We probably didn't, we, we
0: probably didn't we even touch. High five.
1: They didn't have fist bumps in oh, yeah, Y2K. That was a long time ago. Yeah. And then I remember you saying, you looked at me in, in my eyes and I thought, <laughs> is... oh my god, she's about to say, I love you. That's what I thought. I thought you were going to say, like, you're the man of my dreams. And you looked at me in the eyes and you said, hey, before I leave... <laughs> Do you want to meet my fiance? <laughs> he's he's picking me up tonight in the parking lot. Oh. And every dream that I had totally shattered.
0: You're like a funny brother.
1: You should have told me. <laughs> you should have told your funny brother. Hey, by the way, funny brother, I have a fiance. <laughs> I
0: didn't think it mattered I'm because I'm hanging out with my funny brother on the ski slopes. I
1: think you should tell a, 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 a human being, a fellow human being. And a man who clearly is single and lonely and a college pastor who should never, yeah, plan this event.
0: Anyway, so Aaron and I, that's how we,
1: we knew each other for a started. while.
0: We knew each other for a while, but we were just acquaintances and we did have a lot of fun on that ski trip. And um,
1: clearly, I only had a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> I had a lot of fun too, um, but I was engaged. And then, um, really, and I talked about Amanda Jones with this on the podcast that she was on because her mom, uh, Beth was speaking at passion. That's Beth Moore. Oh, <laughs> name job. Was speaking at passion and like my life literally was changed in those passion in that stadium. And so I started following Jesus, mm-hmm. broke off that engagement. And then about six months later, we started dating.
1: See, it all worked out it all in all the worked end. Out. That
0: funny brother in the ski slope became my husband.
1: Okay. Funny brother for real. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm totally attracted to you, honey. And I was when we started dating. At the time...
1: No, no, no. So let, let, just clear the record, when we were... Remember that time we got lost in we the did woods? did get lost, yes. I intentionally I got us lost in the woods yes, and we were we just laughing, lost. Uh-huh. making an- an- snow angels uh-huh. in the sand and you were like, oh, you awesome. <laughs> Was there a moment where you're like, I'm really attracted to this guy and I'm I want to marry him?
0: No. Golly. <laughs> I really loved laughing with you and having fun, but I was not like attracted to you in that way in that moment. You
1: weren't attracted to me at all.
0: Baby, you're making me uncomfortable. I had a fiance, and you just made me laugh, and I thought you were such a fun guy.
1: Older brother. You thought I was <laughs> a good older brother.
0: Yeah, a fun brother. Well. Moving on.
1: It all worked out for me. Philip Ellis, who we love, husband of Kim Ellis, says uh, on Facebook, does Aaron get jealous of his celeb superstar wife?
0: Spill of your dumb.
1: <laughs> All right, Jamie. Two two more questions for you.
0: Because this is the longest podcast ever.
1: I know. I feel really bad about it, but it's been awesome. So much. And bad. I'm the interviewer, so that's true. You kind of do whatever. I want. Uh, two last questions. Um, you've been doing a lot of uh, live events and happy hour on the road shows, which have been awesome. So somebody asked, "Hey, I missed the last one." When's the next one I can go to?
0: Oh, well, I want everyone to come to them. We have, we started doing this fun thing called Happy Hour on the Road this summer. We've only done one. It was at Bryan College Station, and we have another one in a couple of weeks in Fort Worth. It's sold out, so sorry if you live in Fort Worth, but um, we're going to do more of them. And if you want us to come to your city, email yeah. us and let us know.
1: Uh, like me and you?
0: No, just me and the oh, Happy Hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, just me and the Happy Hour. Mm. Um but I'm super excited. The one in Fort Worth, my guest on the show, is going to be Lauren Chandler, which everyone loved when she was on the yep. happy hour. So she's going to be a live guest. And then coming up in September, we're doing a happy hour live, which you should be on this conversation too, because it is work for both of us. Because at the last happy hour live event, which was in March, I really decided I want to do a live show. We love hospitality. I want to bring everyone in. My amazing friends, Catherine helped me decorate. I had Amanda and all kinds of people helping with the show. And I did not know that people were going to come like, you know, this, I literally thought I'm going to put tickets up and like three people are going to buy tickets. Totally. And we sold out 50 tickets in like minutes. Mm -hmm. So then we put up some more. We ended up having about 140 women plus friends of mine and family and stuff in our backyard. We had an amazing show. Jen Hatmaker, Rachel Hollis, Jessica Honiger, great guests, friends of mine, all you cooked an amazing meal. It was pretty awesome. It was very awesome. And so before we did the first one, we said, we're going to do this four times a year. And then we did it Mm -hmm. and said two times.
1: Yeah. It was a a lot of work.
0: work. So we put up a show to do happy hour, September 10th, and it sold out, you know,
1: really quickly,
0: you know, about an hour. Uh, But we're doing a show on Friday night as well. The exact same show. Well, different guests.
1: And there's still tickets for that. There's
0: still tickets for that. And if you go to... Not very many. Not very many. But if you go to jamieivy.com, there's an events tab and you can buy tickets there. Cool. Um, So yeah, we're doing a live show there and then we're doing the happy hour on the road and we hope to do more of those. The reason I love those, I'll say it a million times, is because doing a podcast, I sit in my office and I look at nobody but the Mm guests. I put it out there and I know people are listening because I see the numbers. Yeah. But at the live events and the on the road events... To hug people and look at them in the eyes and say thank you for listening, it yeah. it literally means the world to me. So Absolutely. those are fun nights for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, last question, and we're done. This is your hundredth episode, right? I can't and believe it. And I feel it. like, in a lot of ways, you're just getting started. Like it feels. I like, feel
0: that way too. Yeah. Even you know? though
1: you've been doing it for you know two years, it feels like do too. You just have so much more to do and say, and you have so many more guests. So. In the next hundred episodes that are coming, who's like the one or two guests that you were dreaming about having on? I have more than two. Well, give me three.
0: Okay. So everyone writes in, they're like, you should have Joanna Gaines on. Well, yeah, I should. Uh But that's just like, it's not as easy as it sounds, right? Right. Um, So here's who I would love to. To have on the show, okay? Okay. Um, I would love to have people like Carrie Underwood. Oh heck yeah! I know we can ask her what she does to stay fit. I bet she works out. I bet it's not mayonnaise. (laughs) I bet it's not mayonnaise and pizza at midnight. (laughs) Um, Carrie Underwood, I would love to have Connie Britton. Yep, from Friday Night to Nashville. I love that too. Uh huh. I love Connie Britton. She's awesome. I would love to have Kathy Lee Gifford. Okay. I mean, she's three. Yeah, three. But I've got another one. Okay. I'd love to have Kathy Lee Gifford. She seems like a wild card. Like, does she really fit here? Yes, she. I think she'd be hilarious. Absolutely. And then another person I would love to have would be um, Jenna Bush.
1: Mm. Jenna
0: Bush, daughter to President George W. Bush.
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, and so I would love to have her. I watch her when she's on with, like, Kathy Lee and Hoda in the Today Show, and I read her articles, and I think she'd be fun and just hilarious. We'd have a lot of fun.
1: Are there any sort of mixed motives in why you (laughs) would want to have Jenna Bush on? Because I do know that you have a very real crush on george w bush
0: i have a really big crush on george w bush i mean it's you know about it i'm open with it i'm
1: uncomfortable you're
0: not uncomfortable i am
1: uncomfortable the fact that you have a crush on like a 70 year old man a president i mean he's not 70 how old is he he can't be more than 65 okay so it's appropriate to have a crush (laughs) on a 65 year old man uh i think george w bush is
0: so cute i mean i just really do uh Everything about him.
1: Oh, my Lord in heaven.
0: You know this. Whatever. Uh, if Jenna came on the show, I
1: would, would tell Would you ask if her dad could come with her? <laughs>
0: no, but I would tell her that I think her dad's You would cute. not
1: tell her. I guess I would. You would start with, hey, I need to get all this out on the line. I think your dad is hot, and I have a crush on him.
0: I don't think I'd say hot, but I think I would rather get it out from the beginning. Listen, so you, when you Jenna, look at him... I'd be like this. Jenna, I'm what so up, girl. Good. No, I'd be like this. Let me go. Ready? Jenna, I'm so glad you're on the happy hour. And she'd say... Me too. And I'd be like, listen, I love seeing you on TV. I love your articles. I love all you're doing. I need to get something out in the open. I think your dad's super cute. And she'd go like, oh, I do too. He's so fun. And then we'd start our conversation.
1: Wow. So do you see G-Dub as like kind of an older brother that's funny and makes you laugh?
0: (laughs) No, I see him as just this... Cute old man that makes me smile. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> remember
1: weird. that you time know
0: that I took? I we no, got it,
1: Jamie. Yes, we I got remember. a Christmas card
0: from President Bush and Laura Bush. Um, you probably, make it
1: sound like it was like a personal. No, Christmas No, I was about to
0: say because probably one of us voted for them, so we got a Christmas card. I mean, it was like stamped. Everybody in America probably got one. And I cut it out and put it in a frame in our house
1: (laughs) as if we had a picture of George and Laura. Merry Christmas, Ivies. I know. Oh, my god! See you next year. That's a a weird crush. I know. It is weird. It's a weird crush. Jamie? Um,
0: We've been recording for
1: 78
0: minutes, I bet.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to wrap this up right now. Um, I think that you are just doing an extraordinary job. I think you're an extraordinary woman. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks, babe. And this is a hundred, the ep- hundredth episode is so special, but there's so many more to come and I'm just so proud of you. And so last little big reveal, Uh-oh. I got you a gift. Are <gasps> we going on one. vacation? We're on vacation oh. right now in a hotel room <laughs> in Colorado. What are you talking about? No, I, I know how much you love um, quilts. I love, I know how much you love like. You know, sitting on the couch with a cozy blanket and watching Netflix. And so... You bought me a quilt? I bought you a quilt. Our friend Annie Lint from Buffalo you started quilts.
0: a company and she makes the most amazing quilts I've ever seen in my entire life.
1: Absolutely amazing. And what? so I'm going to show you a picture of the one that I bought for does you. Does it come in a special box that
0: Steven makes?
1: It does. Common Folk. Common Folk makes these boxes. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so I got you
0: this <gasps> quilt. The black and white one with the arrows? Yep. Yeah. That's so beautiful. You really bought this? Yes. Thank you very much. And the reason is
1: because I love you and also I feel like this is a really significant sort of It's kind of like day. Yeah, it is. You know. It and is. here's to 100 more.
0: Thank you so much. So I'm, I love you and I'm
1: super proud of you and I want to thank you for being my guests <laughs> and talking about the big things in life.
0: The little, the little things, things in, in life, life and, and everything, everything in between, between. do yeah. i get to read all the other comments like later I have
1: all hundred listed for you
0: oh yeah print it out
1: in a nice little book Aww. and it's been awesome having you as my guest on the happy hour thanks, babe. with aaron ivy
0: okay it's not your show it's mine okay uh, <laughs> um in all reality guys if you're listening it's probably not your first time i've ever listened to the show if it is you think this is a weird show and you might never be back. It is weird. But for those of you that have listened for a long time, I sincerely want to say thank you. Uh, I did not ever think I'd be at 100 episodes ever. That's the honest truth. Um, and I have said this a thousand times this summer. People ask me about this. Making this podcast, created it is the most, It's I'm the most proud of it of anything I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I have the most fun doing it and I literally can't wait to see what happens with the happy hour me too from here on so guys cheers to the happy hour
1: cheers and thanks for listening you guys are the best and I'll see you next week and I get to use my uh, my app which is one more time
0: <laughs> <laughs> we really did but we really did have real guests in here they, they all left to, they all left to eat pizza and never came back they're like this show sucks I hate the happy hour
1: <laughs> alright let's go finish our fried pickles alright bye guys thanks
0: for listening you're the best Oh my gosh, I had so much fun recording that show with Aaron. from my friends being in there at the beginning, from pizza coming in the middle, to Amanda jumping in and telling us about her favorite recipe uh, that everyone thinks is my recipe, to talking about date nights and the book I'm writing, and my dream guests that I want to have, and Aaron telling the famous ski trip story. I tell you, every time he tells that story, it gets better and better and better. <laughs> there are some things in there that might not be exactly how it happened, but he's a great storyteller. So whatever. We had so much fun. We have a blast doing everything together, but every time we record shows is a lot of fun. I actually have an idea for a podcast for both of us to do together. And so maybe in 2017, we'll find some time for that in our schedule. Guys, I want to remind you, everything we talked about is going to be on the show notes. Uh, We talked about a lot of things today. I mean, a lot of topics were covered. I've got a lot of links to share with you. Uh, Go check out jamieivy.com. That's where they're all going to be. Guys, also remember, the happy hour is always looking for more people to partner with. I love partnering with people. Um, There are several opportunities coming up to partner with us from advertising on the show. We have just a few spots left for this year, and then we can look in the next year to putting your product in goodie bags at the live events. I love giving stuff away, and I love giving people, um, I love giving stuff away, and I love introducing people to new products. Uh, to talking about your products, whatever, if you're interested in partnering with the Happy Hour for live events or regular shows or getting your products in front of these awesome ladies that come out for the shows, send an email to info at jamieivy.com. Speaking of events, guys, we talked about the events and the show, and I hope that some of you can make it. There are still Friday night tickets available for the Happy Hour Live on September 9th, and I'm seriously kind of maybe possibly thinking about opening up a few more spots for Saturday night, So if you want to check out the dates and tickets, it's super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash events, and you'll see everything coming up. Guys, thank you for joining me today. So much fun. I love, love, love doing this show. And I wasn't exaggerating when I said in the show that the the happy hour is one of my most accomplishments that I'm most proud of. And it's something that brings me a lot of joy. Next week, my friend Haley Morgan's joining me. And the week after that, I'll have Elena Mays as my guest. Guys, don't forget about the happy half hour that comes out every other Friday. And this week we have one, and Shauna Nequus is back. And goodness gracious, do I love chatting with that woman. She has a new book that comes out next Tuesday. And I think you should head over to Amazon right now and pre order it because it's amazing. I've read pieces of it, and I love everything she puts out. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. I was just in Tucson this week and met a listener, and she's like, I tell everybody about your show. And I literally said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because that means the world to me. So tell your friends about the show, and guys, have a happy hour with a friend. I'll see you next week.